Welcome to Royal Rebounds TV with Calvin and Barry. Just two crazy fans of the Sacramento Kings and they sharing their opinion. So be sure that you subscribe. It's for the fans by the fans. Whether you chilling on the couch or wildin' in the stand. For laid back conversations about the Kings, subscribe here. Staying down until we come up thinking this gon' be our year. We're here drinking beer, talking about the Kings. Be sure you subscribe so you can hear that bell ring. Yeah. What's up, Kings fans? Welcome back to Royal Rebounds in South Park, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> All right, welcome back to Royal Rebounds, the Sacramento Kings YouTube channel for fans, by fans. Unfortunately, the Kings lose tonight, 134-125 to the Utah Jazz. De'Aaron Fox puts up 41 points. Rashawn Holmes gets ejected. And Jordan Clarkson sets a new career high with 45 points. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure to smash that like button. And if you would like to join the royal family with Calvin, Vinny, and I, make sure you hit that subscribe button as well. Yes, shout out to Fred. Like Mike says, $800 from Red Hawk tonight. Feels like a win in my book. Maybe that's a little precursor good luck for Barry and I going to Vegas. <laughs> I hope so. Week. If you're listening via your favorite podcast platform, we would appreciate a five-star rating. And if you would like to be a part of the show, you can always join us live after every single game here on YouTube. We will be right back with your Kings nightcap. We're here, we're drinking beers, and we're talking about your Sacramento Kings. Mountains are blue. Mm. What's, every, what's up everybody in the chat? I see Fred, Mike, Gothin, Dennis. Uh, I still don't know who you are. I want to tank for Jabari Smith and get him, please. But if you ever feel like sharing yeah, man, your name. Hopefully you're still watching. I, don't, I didn't want you to feel left out or anything. It's just... I don't know your name. I'll say what's up to you all the time if I know your real name. <laughs> That's true. Uh, so, DeMontis Sabonis is out tonight due to personal reasons. Uh, Vinny, you're killing us, man. <laughs> I heard that uh, his girl had a baby so maybe that's the oh, reason well, he's congratulations. out shout out to fred thank you fred for the beer money we greatly appreciate it we see damian jones start tonight alongside trey lyles uh rashawn holmes is back for a little bit mo harkless is available and jeremy lamb is available as well the jazz have the highest uh, offensive rating in the league they show it tonight putting up 134 calvin yeah, they're just a really, really balanced team with a ton of very, very good shooters, and they run a ton of pick and roll, and then they have two really good big men who just clean glass clean the boards all day. So they're they're a tough team for sure. And no but, go bear today. Yeah, no go bear. But Hassan Whiteside twenty one yep. rebounds today. Yep. So it it almost didn't matter that go bear. It was playing. personal. It was personal. It was definitely personal. But hey, me. I mean, I don't I don't watch these games, you know, for the the wins or the losses anymore or like i i don't you know go into a game expecting a win or feeling bad if it's a loss or anything at this point i'm just watching to watch De'Aaron fox play because the dude is he's incredible anybody who uh you know still thinks that sabonis is the best player on this team get your argument ready come at me here i'm ready for you all <laughs> night because the, the guy is absolutely on fire right now 
Yeah, he started out so hot in this game. Four or five from three-point range in 20 points in the first quarter. The Kings were looking great uh, until a couple Utah Jazz runs. Uh, we saw, or what's it, not Drew Holiday. I keep trying to call him Drew Holiday. We see Justin, Justin Holiday leave at halftime due to a non-COVID-related illness, which is kind of weird to me, Calvin, considering... Two games ago, we played the Knicks, and uh, Mitchell Robinson left at halftime mm -hmm. due to a non-COVID-related illness. Maybe I'm looking into this too much. It seems like nobody has COVID anymore, and everything is a non-COVID-related illness. Yeah, it's just as amazing to me still that you have to label it now as a non-COVID-related <laughs> illness. Yeah. Yeah, Mike, uh, glad you watched the show. Um, uh, yeah, we, we shout you you guys all out because you guys are all part of the royal family here. Gotham, man, I'm really sorry that that happened to you. That is crazy. Uh, let's turn positive here because Calvin and I are leaving for Vegas tomorrow night. So yeah. we do not want to have the same thing happen to us. I have COVID when I have a work <laughs> event. Yeah, yeah, that's nice. I only have COVID when I have jury duty. There's so many ways to get out of jury duty. I guess COVID's a pretty easy one, though. Oh, man. So as we mentioned, Jordan Clarkson has a career-high 45 points in this game. He was shooting lights out. I think seven threes for him tonight. Um, and, you know, a lot of these were bad shots. Like, I was listening to Alvin Gentry after the game in his post-game presser, and he's like, these are bad shots. These are the shots we want him to take, and he just ended up making them. Um, it's unfortunate. This just seems to happen to the Kings on a daily basis. <laughs> you know, it's always like the other guys. We, we heard about Rudy Gobert not playing tonight, and I was pretty happy. I'm like, okay, no Rudy Gobert. This is looking good for the Kings. You know, we heard some news about Brandon Ingram being out, some of these other injuries. We're like, okay, maybe the Kings do have a chance here. They get destroyed by Jordan Clarkson. Well, yeah, I mean, the Jazz are still a really good team, even if Rudy Gobert and Mike Conley aren't going to play it, as you know, crazy as that sounds, because those are two really, really good players. There's a reason why this team was first in the Western Conference last year. Yeah, they've got a, a solid, solid team. They've played together for a number of years now, and they have a really, really good system in place that they can all follow. It doesn't matter if you know some of these guys are missing mm -hmm. the game or not, because they still play the same way. Uh, it, you know, even after trading jo Joel and Glace, as we like to call them on yep. the show, systems you know, it, matter. It doesn't matter because they just plug and play these guys who can still shoot. And it, you know, I've said it before, but the Kings, when they're a hundred percent healthy and have everyone available, they have to play a really good game in order to win. Uh, that's for most teams, not good teams versus bad teams. It's just yep. most teams. So now you add all this into effect where you're losing guys left and right. You lose Sabonis before the game. You lose Justin Holiday at halftime. Even though Holiday, you know, hasn't played really, really well since being traded to the Kings, he's still an integral part of what they're trying to do defensively. He's mm -hmm. a starter. So you stack all that up on top of it. Now the Kings have to play that much better just to stay in the game and give them credit because they did, you know, continue to claw their way back into this thing. But it, they just against a team with that much firepower you run out of ammunition eventually yeah and I, I see him here in your keys to the game uh utah is very good at shooting the three ball and the kings have <laughs> been very good and they shoot it a lot and the kings have a been lot. bad at defending the yeah. three uh as i was mentioning in that post-game presser here is a quote from alvin gentry if we could get everyone on the same page for one night we might end up with a win 
That sounds like a frustrated coach to me, Cal. Well, how could you not be frustrated, you know? I mean, <clears throat> nobody likes to lose, especially when you're uh, in the professional. Your job is to win, right? Like, that's literally what the job is. It's to win games. So anytime you lose that much, everybody's frustrated. The players, the fans, the, the coaches, uh, the trainers, the girlfriends, the wives who have to, you know, console these guys when they come home at night. Everybody's mm -hmm. frustrated. Yep, that's true. And we saw it boil over for Rashawn, and we're going to talk about that here in a little bit. But I want to give a shout-out to Cole, to Ivan, to Jeff. Welcome in, guys. Welcome, welcome. Fred, Crystal Star was the name of the slot that you went on? That's pretty awesome. I'm not a slot guy myself. I'll probably end up playing Pie Gow and some blackjack. But uh, what was I going to talk about here? Let's uh, let's jump here into the box score, Cal. Well, the box score is really only about one guy if you're the Kings, and that's De'Aaron <laughs> Fox. 41 minutes, 41 points, 11 assists, two steals, one block, three rebounds, another near 50% shooting game for De'Aaron Fox. Um, I want to give a quick shout-out to my man, Will Zimmerly. I hope I'm saying that right. On Twitter, you can follow him at Will underscore Zimmerly. That's Z-I-M-M-E-R-L-E. Goes by Will Z Stats. The dude does great work. He, I'm not sure if he is a Kings fan or he just follows the Kings closely because he tweets specifically statistics about the Kings a lot. Uh, but the guy does a lot of research for these stats, and I just want to uh, give a quick shout-out to him today because – after the game, he tweeted that Fox is the fifth player this season to score at least 41 points and dish out at least 11 assists. The other people who have done that this season, Darius Garland, Trey Young, John Morant, uh, Jokic. Mm. Pretty good company to be in if you're De'Aaron Fox. And I think I heard a stat about De'Aaron Fox having uh, averaging over 20 points a game for the – I think he tied the record for most consecutive games or something like that. I'll have to look that up. Interesting. Well, I know he has done it for the most consecutive games since Weber, but Weber did it 18 straight games. Yeah. Fox hasn't reached that yet, but he very well could pass that by the end of the season. What's up, Makami? Um, yeah, I mean, I don't really know if we need to go too much into the rest of the box score. <laughs> <laughs> Davion Mitchell had 14 and Metu had 12 off the bench. I really do hope, um, you know, not to go off on a huge tangent here, but I really do hope that the Kings bring Metu back next year. I, I know he's been very up and down like a lot of players this season, um, but his minutes have also reflected that. And I, I still think this guy is – I love his skill set, and I think he's uh, on the verge of being not a star in this league, but a really good role player. I, I think he's going to continue to improve, and I just hope the Kings keep him around next year. I think he is signed for next year, but I'm just going to double check here real quick. One thing that really popped out to me in the stats, only seven turnovers for the Kings tonight. Mm -hmm. No King had more than two turnovers, and that's pretty amazing. De'Aaron Fox, 41 points, 11 assists, only two turnovers. Yep. Um, let me see here. I don't know why I'm having problems pulling this up. Metu. While you're doing that, we can look at the Jazz box score because that's a lot more exciting. 25 for Donovan <laughs> Mitchell, 26 for Boyan Bogdanovich, and 45 off the bench for Jordan Clarkson. As you mentioned, it's a career high for him. 15 of 21, 7 of 13 from 3. The guy was en fuego. And Hassan Whiteside, 21 rebounds, 
stepping in for Rudy Gobert to go along with 12 points, double-double. Yeah, great game for him. So Metu is signed for next year, but it's not guaranteed. So yeah. the Kings can cut him and, if and they, they could, need to. And they could trade him also. Like, you know, I'm just saying I hope that they it's in their plans to to bring him back next yeah. year. Yeah. Yeah. What's up, Sean? I know it is another dub or another uh, loss for the Kings, but isn't that what you guys wanted at this point, right? Like the Kings are playing better. Uh, De'Aaron Fox is playing really well, and uh, they're getting a better draft pick, I guess, right? I don't know. We're going to talk about that in the second section. Anything else that really just stuck out to you in this game, Calvin? Uh, like the Kings started out really no, hot in this really. game. They yeah, did. They did. They scored they, they forty-five really points hot. in the first quarter, and you know having your best player score twenty of those definitely helps you. Oh yeah. But that's their biggest quarter of this entire game. Well, it's it's like I have said, you know, over the past couple of shows now that they've played these really good teams. I mean, the Kings played a very good game all around. You know, one hundred and twenty-five points is nothing to sneeze at. Uh, they've been scoring you know, very, very well, but they have to play so, so great of a game all around. Um, They have to play so much better than what they are at this point in order to, to win games. So you get out to that great start and that's all good and everything, but like a, you know, heavyweight fight or something like that, you you just keep, the other team keeps coming back with these body shots, Mm -hmm. three here, three there, Offensive rebound, three here. Yep. And over the course of the game, it just wears you down. And if, then you get into the fourth quarter. De'Aaron Fox is already playing huge minutes. He's doing everything he can. They don't have anything else to mm-hmm. give. The other team tightens up their defense. And that's how you see these runs that end up putting the nail in the coffin for the Kings. Yeah. What up, Brian? Good to see you here. Did you see Ethan or Will at the game tonight? They said they not. were going. I did not see them anywhere. Did not see either of them. That would have been a lot of fun. I heard that uh, at the Utah arena, they stopped selling beer earlier than in other arenas. Is that true? I've never been there. I have never been there either. I wouldn't be surprised to hear that that was true, but I don't know for sure. Because, you know, at Golden 1, what we we can't go back after the third quarter, right? Yeah. Like, we that's, would we go into most, the Lexus Lounge and they're most like... places. I went in there because I had to go to the bathroom and I had my beer. And they're like, once you bring your beer in, you can't bring it back out. And I was like, okay, can you watch (laughs) my beer? And I just, like, put it on the ground and went and went pee and came out and grabbed my beer and went back to my seat. How do you guys feel about Trey Lyles? And do you see him staying with us into next season, Calvin? Well, I like Trey Lyles. I would love for him to, to come off the bench for this team. Um, $2.6 million team option for next season. Yeah, which is not a big deal at all, in my opinion. And um, He's 26. He he just he plays a nice game. Like The Kings don't have any other power forward on this team, didn't have one all season long, that anybody was purposely doubling in the post. Mm-hmm. You know, he commands that respect, whether or not he's a great scorer or not. The, the guy has a really solid all-around game. He knows how to score. Um, he, he's a bigger body down there. He can shoot pretty well from outside. So, yeah, I would, I would like him to stay on this team. I don't want him to be the starter next year. And that's the thing for me is, you know, how does this team go about the power forward position in the offseason? Are they going to upgrade it? Uh, and what does that mean for the, the guys that fall behind that, like Chemezi Metu and Trey Lyles, for example? What are you going to do 
with these other guys if you are able to bring in you know one of these stars yeah building out the starting lineup is first that's key and then bringing back some of these other guys i would really like to see damian jones coming back i really would he started I would tonight like to see him come back as well only played 25 minutes but he is the rim protector that i said that the kings need mm-hmm. you see that block he had on hassan Whiteside? like hassan didn't even know what to think he was just like oh there goes the ball like i love that i want to see him do that a little bit more um, but, you know, he's a free agent at the end of the season. And, and as you mentioned, you know, whatever happens, figuring out the four, figuring out the two is the most important, figuring out the coach, and then you kind of build out from there. But I'd love to bring some of these guys back. Like this Kings team is deep and it has a lot of potential, uh, but the starters have to play better and they just need a better system overall. Like you look at the Jazz they can just plug and play guys. Like there's a bunch of guys on the jazz that are capable of going for 30 for, at, at any given time. And so when you have a system to where you can just like, okay, we're running the plays for Jordan Clarkson tonight. We're going to get him open. He's going to score 45 points. Like the system is so important. It is. It is. I, I mean, the, the Kings say what you want about, uh, their style of play and, and system and coaching and all that, or at least like offensive game plan, they, they've been fairly consistent over the course of the whole year. I mean, I, I don't think they've been outside the top 12 in scoring all year. They were in the top six for most of this or a good portion of the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've been really high in offensive rating as well, very high in points in the paint all season. So there is a system. And on most nights, they score enough points to win games. Yeah, They don't give up few enough points is the problem yeah and uh damian jones was actually one of only three kings tonight that were plus in the plus minus i know you're not a big plus minus fan but plus 10 for him the other two was metu plus six and jeremy lamb plus four mm-hmm. what do you think about rashawn holmes tonight I, I know it was his first game back from a personal leave uh he played one game after the back injury 23 minutes for him tonight, three of eight from the field. We saw him hit uh, that push shot, and then he gets ejected at the end of the third quarter for uh, arguing with the referee, very frustrated with some of the calls. I've been frustrated with these calls. It's it's weird. Maybe it's just losing that compiles this, but now I feel like every game I'm looking at it, and I'm like, the refs fucked up that call. That sh- that was not right. That should have gone this way. And, you know, we don't try and blame it on that stuff, but maybe it's just losing that that just starts to compile, but it seemed to affect him tonight. Well, yeah, like I said earlier, you know, everybody's really frustrated. When you lose this much, you get, you get really frustrated. So even, uh, you know, calls that you might not think would get somebody going too much any just any little thing kind of you know everything is amplified now because yeah you're you're in no man's land here the season is over but you still have these last 13 games to play mm-hmm. everybody's frustrated whether it's with how the season has gone overall the fact that their role has changed on this team like Rashawn Holmes which you know I'm sure he wouldn't say openly that he's frustrated by that but how could you not be as a person, you know? And when you miss a bunch of games due to injuries yeah. from getting hit in the yeah, face. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, I mean, I do think that any team that loses a lot, they will point to the officiating and they'll you'll see, like you said, you, yeah. you will see calls. They'll look more blatant to you because 
you already know your team probably doesn't stand much of a chance. So it's like yeah. you got to help me help the team in, in that way, right? That and also at the same time, like if I'm a referee and I'm like questionable about which way the call is going to go, I'm like the Kings suck. Like I'm not going to call it in their favor. Like the Jazz are a much better team. They have much better players. Like if, if it's me deciding, oh, is that ball off of, uh, you know, Donovan Mitchell or is it off of um, – you know, one of Jeremy Lamb, I'm going to be like, oh, it was off of Lamb. Donovan Mitchell's not going to let that happen. He's much too good of a player to do that. It's just those little biases that kind of happen, you know. And I think that that just keeps affecting the Kings. So Kings got to get better, and then, then you're going to get better calls. Like superstars get superstar calls, right? The Kings don't have a superstar. Yeah. And uh, it was unfortunate that Sabonis missed this game. It's kind of weird timing, right, that he missed, like, the last game due to suspension and this game due to personal yeah. reasons. I was trying to look into that, and I'm like, uh-oh, the personal reasons <laughs> excuse is, is catching yeah. on here. We saw Rashawn use it. Now Sabonis is using it, but I heard that he had a baby this morning, so that is reason enough for me. All right, Calvin, let's jump here into your keys of the game. Well, key number one was rebound. Utah is fifth in the NBA in rebounds. Then you hear Rudy Gobert's not going to play, and you're like, oh, okay, that's not, that's good, right? <laughs> well, they've got a guy named Hassan Whiteside who steps in off the bench and has 21 rebounds, and it doesn't matter. Utah plus 11 on the boards, 10 offensive rebounds, which has really been a, an a Achilles heel and a, a curse for Sacramento for a while. Guard the three. <laughs> Jordan Clarkson, man. <laughs> they did a pretty good job on everybody else, but Jordan, I mean, Bogdanovich was also four for 10. Jazz shoot 39% as a team from three, 16 of 41. The Kings actually shoot a, a shade better at 39.4%. But again, you got to, you can't just score. You got to, you got to get stops as well. And rebounds. And rebounds. And then number three was pick and roll defense. It's more just guarding the screens in general. Um, Utah is number one in the NBA in screen assists. They love to run everybody, Conley, uh, Donovan Mitchell, Jordan Clarkson, Bogdanovich, all these guys, they run them off a ton of screens, and that's how they all get open looks from three. And it's hard when it, all of these guys can shoot, right? So you have multiple screen actions happening. You're worried about the guy coming around the double screen and, and one of the other guys just pops into the corner for a wide open three. It's it's really, really hard to defend. Yeah. So I, I can't really say that they hit on any of these goals tonight and you know, you give up 134 points. That's that's why. Yeah, you mentioned the shooting percentages and you know, it's pretty interesting because you know, if if I were to tell you that the Kings only turned the ball over seven times, they shot eighty five percent from the line. 40% from three-point range and 50% from the field, you would have been like, oh, the Kings probably won this game. But they allowed almost 56% from the field <laughs> See, I probably wouldn't Utah. say that they – or I would guess <laughs> that they didn't win that game because I've seen them have a ton of games like this this season where they shot close to or above 50% from the field. Maybe not this well from three. I mean, these are this 40% yeah. is one of their better ones. But they have had ga plenty of games where they shoot 36 37% from three, and they've knocked down 75 to 80% of their free throws. They, they've had a lot of those games this year. I was trying to throw some compliments, and you're throwing <laughs> shade right now. But what I, I was trying to get to— It's not shade. It's the truth. <laughs> it's the truth. What I was trying to get to is the Kings shot really well 
from free throw uh, yeah. range tonight. And I was really happy with that. 18 of 21. I know Davion Mitchell, unfortunately, continues to struggle from the line. I think he's like 53 or 56% from the line this season. Yeah. Missed both of his free throw attempts. Yep. Other than that, Metu is the only one that missed a free throw. Everybody else was money from the free throw line, including yep. six of six for De'Aaron Fox. I'm really liking this new De'Aaron that we've seen. He is playing lights out. He just looks like a different guy out there. Yeah, the only thing for him to do now is to do this th through the course of an entire season. Um, but even even without or with his start to to play this year, like he really only had one really bad month, and that was October. Everything after that has been yeah. average to superior at this point. I think he's sixth in scoring for the month month of March right now. He probably went he's, up after yeah. tonight. Well, that's the other. He's scoring over 30 points a game, I think, this yeah. month. Yeah. But it's a little early. There's a, well, and there's a bunch of other players that have been absolutely uh, just on a tear. I mean, Jason Tatum is averaging mm -hmm. over 40 points a game. Uh, Jokic has been putting up 40 point games like nothing. LeBron so just had 50. Yeah. So he, Aaron yeah. Fox is scoring like a champ, but there's a ton of other guys who are putting in work right now. Yeah. They, they really are. So, on the subject of Davion Mitchell, 21 minutes, 6 of 12 from the field. As I mentioned, he missed both of his free throw attempts, but 2 of 5 from three-point range, 14 points for him. No steals, no blocks in this game. What would you like, what would you like, what would you dislike from Davion? Um, it, it's always the same for me. You know, the guy plays really solid defense. Um. I think he's a smart player overall. He just is very sporadic with his his scoring. I mean, he has some games where he comes in and he knocks down his first couple shots, and you, you can immediately tell this is going to be a good game for him. Yeah. But if he comes out, misses those first two, three, depending on the types of shots that he's taking, you know, there are some games where he doesn't even look or try to get to the basket, and mm -hmm. that's where I know he's just not going to be effective. Because yeah. for, for me, he is so good – at getting to the basket uh, and creating a shot for himself, that's how he needs to get himself comfortable in, in within every game. Yeah, but also, you know, if you shoot better from the line, you're going to want to get to the basket more, right? Like, I feel like that's got to be in his the back of his head where it's well, like... Well, that's a, that's a huge problem then, though, because getting yeah. to the basket is one of his best strengths Yeah, by he, far. He so needs to work on I his... agree he needs to balance out the, you know, if you're going to get to the basket that easily, you should expect to be on the foul line a bunch, and you've got to convert those. But just because you're not hitting your free throws doesn't mean you can't drive to the basket if it's one of the best things that you do. Oh, yeah, I, I agree 100%. Um, you know, his shooting form doesn't look bad at all. Do you have any tips or anything you think he needs to do to get better at shooting free throws? You think at, it's all mental at, at this throws, point? At, you know, free throws is one of those things that's so – it's just so difficult to figure out why some guys – are bad free throw shooters there. I don't see anything wrong with his form. Yeah. Um, and, and you know, there are plenty of people who've had way worse forms than him that have shot much better at the free throw line. So I, I don't really know what it is. It's something that he struggled on for a long time, you know, without uh, being in the gym with him and kind of talking to him to get maybe like his mental, you know, what's going through your mind when you're at the free throw line. 
I can't really make any suggestions as far as form goes. I wouldn't change much. He has a very short and concise form. When you're at the free throw line, what I don't like is all these guys who have all the extracurricular stuff. You know, the ball's going behind their back and they're they, they do one dribble outside. You want mm -hmm. as little wasted motion as possible at the free throw line. And he does that. So I, I, I really don't know. Like, I would say he needs to get to his happy place. Hey, there you go. Maybe he does. You know, he needs to imagine his happy place, just like Happy Gilmore, yeah. and he needs to get there and, and make the shot. I, I get it. You guys are hating on Gentry. And, you know, I don't think that Gentry is the right coach for this team. I hope that he's not the coach next year. But, guys, this is not his fault. The dude took over a sinking ship. And, you know, like having a, a sinking ship is one thing, but also having guys that don't get along on the sinking ship that can't even work together to bail the water out. Uh, he was set up to lose, man. It's not his fault. It's not his fault at all. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think there's at least something to be said about, you know, after the trade deadline, we everybody that watches this team on a regular basis all believed that the team improved mm -hmm. roster-wise, talent-wise. Yep. So you want to see a correlation when it comes to wins and losses with that. You do. So, I, I mean, I understand the complaint there. But I, I agree with you. Alvin Gentry, to me, it, it didn't matter what he did this year. The the guy is not going to be the head coach of this team next season anyway. So, yeah, he definitely has blame. I'm not saying he's void of all blame. And Ivan said, Ivan's correct here. He does have a championship ring with the Golden State Warriors. He I does, know that's not again, really not him, a fair but comparison but whatsoever. But he's been on winning teams. He's been on a, a ton of winning teams. He's been the yeah. head coach on winning teams. So. He, we just can all agree that he's not the right person for this job. So the the last you know month of the season here has been pretty rough to watch because you'd like to see them win. But <laughs> Sean, I'm gonna have to check that out. Reed says we need a defensive coach hired in more trades. I still want to keep Barnes, but everyone else can be traded. Barnes needs to stay because he's stuck with us so many years of losing. I don't know if I agree with you here, Reed. Uh, I don't want to trade Sabonis or Fox at this point, and I would be more open to trading Barnes. You know, I, trading Barnes is not on the top of my list, but bringing more talent to the team is on the top of my list. And if that takes uh, Harrison Barnes or Rashawn Holmes or one of these other guys, I'm doing it because you – Fox is the best player. Sabonis is the second best player, and they need more help. And you're not going to get more help without giving up good players. I mean, that's just straight up. That we get back to the whole Halliburton uh, Sabonis trade debate, where it's like everybody wants to trade shit for gold, and it doesn't yeah. work like that. It doesn't work. You got to trade good players to get good players, or even better players. Thanks, Reed. We appreciate you too, man. We do. We appreciate you guys all watching. All right, Calvin. Anything else you want to talk about this game tonight? We talked a little bit about Rashawn Holmes, you know, Matu, uh, Mitchell. We could talk about DiVincenzo. I was not happy with his performance tonight. Only three points. He only played 17 minutes, which is not a lot for him, especially considering uh, Holiday came out at halftime. And DiVincenzo started that second half. I thought that they maybe would go with him. He only took four shots tonight, which is not a lot for Dante DiVincenzo. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. 
Three assists for him, three rebounds. I would have liked to see a little bit more out of him. Oh, yeah, you definitely needed him to step up today, given the fact that, you know, Holiday wasn't coming back and they didn't have Sabonis. Uh, they needed a lot of people to step up today. They needed Harrison Barnes to score more than 18, probably, in order to win this game. Yeah. Um, Trey Lyles had a decent game, but... Sass says Sabonis is the best player. I'll, I'll let you take that one. <laughs> I, I mean, I, Darren's game speaks for himself, bro. Like, I, I don't really feel like I have to say much anymore. It's not a knock know? on Sabonis saying that De'Aaron Fox is the best player on this team. It's not a, it's not a knock yeah. on Sabonis at all. You know, De'Aaron almost single-handedly kept him in this game against one of the best teams in the league. So, it's... And, and I'll say this, it's a lot easier to be considered or uh, it, it's a lot harder to be considered one of the top 10 point guards in the league than it is to be considered one of the top top 10 centers in the league. It's a yeah. lot harder. Yeah. Sabonis is the best player. Where's your argument, Agree man? Agree to Come disagree, on. man. Come on. Come on. Where's your argument? Give us, give us something to work with here. I think Sabonis is a more decorated player, um, but you know we talked about it on the Royal Report on Friday, which if you guys want to tune into that, you can watch what we talked about there. But basically, basketball rewards size. It just does. It's just the way the game works. If you're not as tall, you need to have more skill to be able to be on the court. So point guards – in my opinion, if I'm just going to take a generalization here, are always going to be more talented than a center or a power forward, a good point guard versus a good center or a good power forward. Uh, but size is hard to get. You can't teach size. Size is, is natural. But De'Aaron Fox has a ton more skill and a lot more talent and than Sabonis. And he's outplayed Sabonis since the trade, too. Yeah. So. But that's not a knock on him at all. It's really not. Really not at all. DiVincenzo is still in Gentry's doghouse. Calvin Sean wants to know, does Fox's shooting form look different? It it doesn't look too much different to me. I, I think his, he's worked a lot on quickening his release since he came into the league. Um, but that's, I feel like he's, you know, he's already years into that work. So you can tell that his shot is more, his form is more concise um, and his release is quicker. He still doesn't shoot it, um, you know, it more effectively. Like, yeah, he's had a good two games in a row here, um, but the the progression from year to year has not been what you want it to be. Yeah, my biggest thing with Fox starting out the season was I, I felt like his form was fine. It was all the same. It was just every shot was coming up short. And I feel like that is either Sass, he's, Sabonis is not a better defender. Just because you're tall and have long arms <laughs> doesn't make you a better defender. So Fox is either he's either like not as tired now, he's more conditioned, he's just more prepared. I did see a couple shots short tonight, but for the most part, his shots are money. And that is the main difference, is it just seems like he has his legs now. And he didn't have that to start the season out. Whatever, whatever that is. Ray wants to start Holmes at the power forward. You know, I was actually thinking about that today, Ray. I was like, I, I might consider throwing him out there just because I think that the season is over for the Kings and Rashawn's locked up long-term, Sabonis is locked up long-term. What's, what's it going to hurt to throw him out there and see if they can work together? 
it's not gonna hurt anything. I I don't think it'll work on the court, but that's that's fine. It's the same thing as playing Damian Jones next to uh, Sabonis. You know, we talked about that a few games ago. Yeah. It it takes Sabonis away from where he's most effective, which is in the post, because you you don't play two guys in the post together anymore. That's that's not how the NBA works. Yep, I agree. All right, Calvin, you ready to move on here? Let's do it. All right, everybody, if you need to break the seal, here is your chance. We're going to take a quick break, and when we return, we'll dive a little bit deeper into your Sacramento Kings with Around the Crown. What's up, everybody? We're back. This is Around the Crown. We're talking all things Sacramento Kings and beyond. Join the royal family by hitting that subscribe button down below. And while you're down there, you might as well hit up that like button. Also want to remind you guys, we do have Super Chats enabled. So if you would like to buy Calvin and I a beer or two, feel free to send us a Super Chat. We would greatly appreciate it. All right, Calvin. So watching this game tonight, all I could think about was Spida and Swipa on the same team. We've heard about all this drama as far as, uh, you know, Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert and them possibly not getting along. If I were the Jazz, it's a no-brainer. I'm keeping Spida over touch-everything guy. But 
if I'm the Kings, I'm looking to add talent this offseason. We've talked about Bradley Beal. Uh, we talked about long shots like Zion and some of these other guys, Pascal Siakam. If you're the Kings, what are you willing to give up for a guy like Spida? Do you think he would fit on this team? Uh, I want to hear your thoughts here. My thoughts? Your thoughts. I wasn't sure if you were asking the chat. Oh, I'd like to hear your guys' thoughts as well. Um, Well, my thoughts are who wouldn't want to have Donovan Mitchell on their team. I'm just going to squash this bug right now, though. They're not getting him. No? No. The Jazz, first of all, would be be one of the dumbest moves I could think of for them to give up Donovan Mitchell. I mean, I, I don't know who they'd get back, you know, from a potential trade, but... What if the Kings had pick number one? No. No? No. There's, I'm not going to get anybody at pick number one that's as good as Donovan, Donovan Mitchell. You're not, but if he doesn't want to be on the team... Well, I'd rather trade Rudy Gobert. I, I, would, try, I would go to Donovan Mitchell and I'd say, look, I, we want to do everything that we can to make you happy. Yep. You want Rudy Gobert gone? He's gone. You want us to try to get this player? I'm going to get him. Donovan Mitchell is everything to that team. I mean, Rudy Gobert is very valuable too, but Donovan Mitchell is everything to that team. Yeah, he is. There's no way I would try to be. I would try to get rid of him if I was Utah. Now, if you're looking at from Sacramento's perspective, of course they want him, right? Mm-hmm. There is. They're going to hang up the phone immediately if, if De'Aaron Fox is not involved in this trade. Yeah. Oh yeah. Who else would you want from this Kings team? If you're the Jazz, keeping in mind that you're giving up Donovan Mitchell. I mean, if the Kings have the number one pick or top three pick, if I'm Sacramento, I'm I'm offering Rashawn or Harrison Barnes, Davion Mitchell, this year's first round pick, and probably one or two more first round Why picks. Why would the Jazz do that trade? They've already got Gobert and Whiteside. Yeah. What do they need with Holmes? The number one pick, they're not going to get anybody that great like a generational talent's not available in this mm-hmm. draft right or the type of person that you want with the number one pick this is a, a win ready team also this is like a championship or bust team. but are you going to get more from another team is what i'm asking probably if he wants to move on and he doesn't want to be if there if donovan mitchell's really available i guarantee you get more than that package from the kings okay. from some other team okay guarantee it spida is donovan mitchell I want to tank for Jabari Smith. Get him, please. Rudy Gobert. Yeah, Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert. Gobert. Mr. Touch the Microphones. <laughs> Man, I couldn't think of, like, instant karma being, like, worse for any event ever than that, right? Where it's like he's messing around, touches them yeah. all, and it's like, oh, he shut down the entire NBA. That is wild. Rudy Gay is spider? No, he is not. All right, Calvin, let's talk here about the draft. Vinny, can you show my screen here? Yeah, everybody in the chat is talking about the draft, so I think we can talk about the draft. We need to talk about the draft. All right, as you guys know, favorite website of all time, Tankathon. This is actually my screensaver. Uh, Let's take a look here at mock drafts, and we can uh, just real quick, if you want to look here at the standings, nothing's changed. Kings are still in 13th, 24 and 45 on the season. You know, they have to lose quite a few games to drop below the Thunder, which is probably not going to happen. And they got to win a few games to pass the Spurs, which is probably not going to happen. Shout out to Greg Popovich. I know he just broke the record. Congratulations. 
But uh, back here to the draft lottery. Let's sim it here and see what happens. So, ooh, this is not good. Kings drop two spots to the eighth. This is one of the worst case scenarios for the for the Kings. You know, a, a few weeks ago on the Royal Report, we broke down the percentages. I think it was like 9% at pick number one, 92 at pick number two, 9.4 at pick number three. But, you know, the problem is when you're the – fifth or sixth worst team in the league is there still is that draft lottery. So unless the teams that are below you in the standings win the lottery, <laughs> you're getting a worse pick than you thought you were supposed to get. Unless you win the lottery or the teams below you win the lottery. And that's exactly what happened in this situation. I, I know uh, the Rockets got number one, but they got leapfrogged by a couple other teams here. So they're coming in at number eight. Oh, you guys can't even see that here. They're coming in number eight at Johnny Davis. What are your thoughts on this, Cal? Shooting guard of the future? Um, I'm not so sure about that. I, I mean, they if they fall this low in, in the draft, they're not going to get anybody uh, that I think is really going to change much for them next season. That they might end up getting a good player that could be good, you know, in a couple of years or three years, whatever the case may be. But it, it would be a disappointment for them because this off season is all about how we how to turn this team into a playoff team, right? Mm -hmm. um, and if they fall out of the top six, I don't think they end up getting a player that that really changes anything for them next year. Okay, so you think they're going to trade the pick then? I expect them to trade the pick no matter what it is. Even if it's number one? I do. What I do you... expect them to try to trade the pick no okay. matter what. Okay. You think the best available strategy is still there, or they reach a point where they're like, we're looking for a shooting guard or a power forward? Uh, I mean, that's really hard to say, you know, because, well, first of all, unless they fall into the top three, I don't know if best available even works at that point because all the, the top big guys are going to be, well, the best – big men in this draft are going to be gone yep. after third after number three so after that it's all guards and wings anyway so it's it, i guess it is basically best available who you who you think is the best wing player available at whatever pick it is you're making there um but yeah i, I do ex no matter what the king's draft pick is this year i expect monty mcnair to try to trade it I definitely think the pick will be traded. And it's just because uh, I think that they were not trying to lose this season. And I think they're going to do whatever they can to not lose next season. If the Kings don't make the playoffs next season, there are going to be massive changes. Massive changes. I don't know if, if De'Aaron Fox will make it through that. But if they miss the playoffs and it's not like a freak injury to Sabonis or Fox or one of these other guys that they're able to add to the team, there are going to be massive changes. So I expect the Kings to swing for the fences this offseason. I expect them to trade the pick, do whatever they can to bring in more talent to this team. And, uh, guys, I think we're going to the playoffs next <laughs> season. Knock on wood. I wish we had a, a reel right now of how many times Barry said that. Right. Sass is still trying to argue with you about Sabonis being the best player. That's fine, man. Bring it. He says, uh, best argument is Sabonis would average a triple-double if he was the number one option. I'm not sure that that's guaranteed, but 
just because you average a triple double, Russell Westbrook averaged a triple double for three, yep. two consecutive seasons. And there aren't a lot of people who think he's one of the better players in the league right now. Yeah, who's a better player, Michael Jordan or Oscar Robertson? Because the Big O has a lot of triple doubles. That's tough. Anytime you take two of the 10 greatest players in NBA history and try to say which one's better, it becomes a lot harder. Come on, you know you're taking Jordan. (laughs) I'm just saying it becomes a lot harder when you're matching up two, two players like that. What's up, Key Kings? Good to see you here. Did you watch Lance Woods after the game? And he's like, Jordan Clarkson, they put the name Oscar, on the wrong. Oscar Robertson won an MVP as well, Sass. They they put the name on the wrong side of the Jordan. He was looking yeah. like Michael Jordan <laughs> out there tonight making all these shots. He's pretty funny, man. I don't know how Lance Woods does it. He comes with so much energy. Even the Kings are getting worked by like oh, 30 sorry. or 40. I thought you were talking about uh, Robertson. Yes, Westbrook did win an MVP. Yeah, I think you guys got to agree to disagree. Uh, maybe we could take this bet That's in the fine. next season. I mean, maybe I, you guys I'm should not, make a bet on I'm next season. Expect, well, a bet on what, though? Who Like, who averages better statistics? That, again, that doesn't make you the better player. So, I mean, I'm, I'm open to I, I'm sorry. Let me rephrase that. To a certain degree. Like, yes, if, you, if one person averages 20 points a game and another guy averages five, there's a big disparity there. Yeah. But I'm talking about, you know, Sabonis averages 20 two points a game and fox averages 19 that's not a, a different big enough difference for me yeah i wish the first pick were enough for beal but you're probably gonna have to throw two more picks in there and uh probably davion mitchell and uh holmes or barnes one of these salary guys as well it would be a lot to get wow beal. ray's picking oscar over michael oh that's because ray's that's a king's wild. fan pretty wild man <laughs> Oscar Robertson is a great player, but much nicer person. Michael Jordan, much nicer person. That you know, have you ever met Oscar Robertson? No, but uh, <laughs> I haven't met Michael Jordan either. But uh, the, the show on HBO is claiming that Kareem's an asshole too. Did you see it? Did you finally no, watch, I it? Wa- I watch it? <laughs> if you guys have a chance, make sure you guys check out that new Lake Show uh, on HBO. It is hilarious. It's really funny. Speaking of which, did the I think the second episode just came out, huh? Maybe. We'll have to check that out. I have no idea. I think it comes out on Friday, so I think it did come out yesterday. Anyways, back to this thing. So if the Kings were to land like one, two, three, uh, who's your number one pick here in the draft if you're the Kings? And if you're not trading the pick or are you just drafting best available so that you can right, trade? Right, right, So if you had asked me this question a week ago, or a month or two months ago, I probably would have said Jabari Smith. But I'm changing my pick now. I watched a bunch, I've recently watched a bunch of Duke play. I would take Paulo Bunkero. I first of all, I didn't realize how big this dude is. Yeah, he's, he's six ten. Huge. Mm-hmm. Six ten, like two hundred and seventy pounds or something. Yep. He can handle the ball, he can shoot the ball. He can play power forward. I think he's more NBA ready than Jabari Smith is. Jabari Smith is going to be a really good player. I like that dude a lot. Yeah. But if I had number one, I would I would really be I would be going back and forth a lot. But number two, number three, uh, easily I'm taking Boncaro if he's available. Does Chet work with Sabonis? 
I think he does work with Sabonis, but here's the thing about Chet. Again, I think he's going to be a good player. I'm looking at 4.8 blocks a game. Yeah, so here's the thing about that, though. This guy play Gonzaga plays good teams, don't get me wrong, mm-hmm. but their conference schedule is middle of the road at best. St. Mary's is a good team. Outside of that, they play no one. Yeah. So these guys, they have inflated stats like that for some reasons because of the comp- level of competition that they're playing. I don't want to downplay it too much. They're a great team. They've got great players. But here's the, the thing for me about Chet. A guy that's that big, that long, who is very skilled, but he plays from the outside in. Like, he's not a traditional post-up guy. Mm-hmm. He can post people up in college. It's not going to be the same in the pros. Yeah, He is going to be a good player, but he's going to be more of a developmental project than I think people expect. He's not a number two pick that's going to come in and blow the league open right away, I think. Okay. It's going to take a number of years. So you can argue that that's still a good route to go, but if you do that pick, it shows me that as the Kings, they're not trying to they're not trying to accelerate their level of play into into a winning team, into a, a playoff team. It, yeah. They're they're still playing the long game. Mm-hmm. I just love the defense, man. I think this team really needs a rim protector. I'm looking at Keegan Murray here, 2.3 blocks a game. I love Keegan Murray. Yeah, I, I would definitely take him if I was in the 6-8 to eight range. I, I He would be my pick. I like A.J. Griffin, too, for his 3 and D shooting. But, again, that's another complementary piece. That's not a guy that, that yep. really changes things right away for you. Keegan Murray has uh, you know, scoring and star potential around him. Yeah, and all, guys, we're just looking at these. Too. We're just looking at this draft right now, but all these are going to change. Like March Madness is huge. I remember this time, uh, Deer and Fox was, I think, thirteenth or fourteenth on the board. Then he ends up blowing up Lonzo Ball in the tournament. Goes to the Kings at pick number five. So a lot of these are yeah. definitely going to be moving here. I agree and with and you, I, Charlie. I get it. I agree with everybody in here. They're a little shell-shocked about drafting a Duke power forward with potentially the number two overall pick. Yep. Duke produces a lot of really good players. We've had it, two, there's a Duke, one-off. two like number two overall picks in the past few years. And Jabari Parker... <laughs> And well, they didn't draft. Jamar I know, Parker. but I'm just saying, like, I get it. I get I get it. <laughs> I'm just saying Duke's Duke has some good players. You, you can keep your, your faith in Duke producing good talent. Yeah, it's just whether the Kings can uh, can make it work. But if you guys have somebody that we haven't talked about that you really like, let us know in the chat or down below in the comments. We'd be happy to talk about them or, or given our uh, given our thoughts. We are leaving tomorrow night yeah, we, to go we'll be in to Vegas, Vegas where they will be playing games. We're not going to be in attendance at any of those games. Maybe. I'd much rather watch it the sports book, dude. Okay. That's so much fun. Maybe one day it of each. So much fun. Maybe one day of each. Yeah, Just for true. the experience. That's I think true. I'm going to bring a GoPro so maybe we can take some some Coach footage Coach not gone yet, man. He's still got the tournament. Yeah. But, yeah, so we're leaving tomorrow night. We're taking the red eye into Vegas. Uh, we're going to be there Monday through Friday. Uh, we're going to do two post games, so make sure you guys check that out. Uh, and we're just going to be having a, a fun time in Vegas. Friday, I'm going to King Celtics. 
in Sacramento. So make sure you guys come check me out for that. And then Saturday, I will be there for farewell to Arco. And then I'll be back here in Maui on Sunday. Uh, excited for this uh, Kings Pacers game. Yeah, I got that circled on my calendar. I'm really excited. Oh, I think a lot of people do. I'm really Key Kings. I'm with you on Keegan Murray there. His play in the Big Ten tournament towards the end of the season, and uh, if if Iowa is able to make any kind type of run in the NCAA tournament, I expect him to go up on people's draft boards as well for sure. Yeah, he's had an amazing season. It really, really has. Yes, we are going to Vegas, and Dennis, I mean, it, it happens, man. You look at, just go look at every single draft. There's always guys that are like, we should have taken Kawhi Leonard, number two. He fell. You know, like, there's always going to be stuff like that. Zion was, in my mind, clear number one pick. Like, there was no question about it. I know you were a big Ja Morant fan, yeah, but. I would have taken Ja. You would have taken Zion. I would have taken Ja. Really? Yeah. Okay. All right. Got to put your money where your mouth is. Well, I, I mean, I guess it depends on w what team I am. You know, if I already had a, a starting a, point guard backcourt yeah. set, then, yeah, I'd take Zion. But Yeah, we're going to Sacramento, or I'm going to Sacramento Friday, Saturday, but yeah, we will I be get it off of work. Vegas Monday through Friday. <laughs> and then the week after, we're going to Arizona. So lots more fun there. If the Kings had the third pick, I would take Boncaro first, assuming that he's still available. If not, uh, yeah, I would definitely think about Keegan Murray there. I like him a lot. All right, guys, it's break time again. But when we come back, we're going to take a look at the Kings next week of basketball with Kings Crusade. Welcome to Royal Rebounds, the Sacramento Kings YouTube channel for fans, by fans. The Kings continue their crusade uh, to get the number one pick, I guess, at this point. <laughs> Next up is the Chicago Bulls. If you're a Kings fan, make sure you hit that like button down below and please consider subscribing to the channel. If you guys want us to have Lance Woods on the show, we'd be happy to have him. Just make sure you guys uh, at him on Twitter and tag us as well. If you guys uh, all gang up on him, maybe we can get him here on the show and uh, bring some <laughs> energy here. I do like baseball. Played baseball for a long time. I'm actually hating baseball right now because those guys wouldn't refund us for our freaking spring training uh, yeah. tickets. So we were supposed to go to, well, we are going to Scottsdale, Arizona for a bachelor party in a couple of weeks. We were going to see a Giants-Brewers game. But, of course, the lockout canceled that game. Now they're rescheduling it. We're not going to be there when it gets rescheduled, and they won't refund us for it. Yeah, I hate baseball sucks. right now. But I, I still like baseball. And the A's traded uh, who their pitcher today. <laughs> sucks. Bruh. All right, Calvin. So next up is the Chicago Bulls. Calvin, what are your keys to the game? And I do have to say the Bulls are looking pretty healthy now. They're yes, they're getting back some piece, some major pieces, uh, but those guys haven't played in a long time, so it, it'll it'll take some of them a little time, a little while to get comfortable again. But this team, you know, just like the Jazz, <laughs> they're still a really good team even without those guys. We only lose the teams, Calvin, when they're missing <laughs> their best player, okay, or top player. That's true. That's true. Well, I think Levine and DeRozan are both playing in this game, so Kings have You're a good shot. There's a chance, I guess. <laughs> 
Um, so number one, the the Bulls have been one of the best shooting teams in the league all year long. Uh, so again, guarding the three is going to be very important in this game. The Bulls are second in the NBA in percentage from three at 37%. They are number one in the league in corner three percentage. They shoot it at 44% almost from the corner. So scramble defense, rotating, it's going to be very important finding those shooters in the corner. And we saw the number one corner shooting uh, player tonight in Bogdanovich. Yes, and Harrison Barnes is very high up there as well. But this is the number one corner shooting team, so they definitely have to find those guys in the corner. Uh, Number two is going to be guard without fouling. The Bulls are a great free throw shooting team. They're second in the league at 81% as a team, but they're 20th in the league in attempts. So the, the Bulls or the Kings just need to make sure they don't pick up any stupid fouls early on in the game that could get the, the Bulls in the penalty early. And then number three is, you know, we don't know if Simonis will play in this game or not. Um, yeah, hopefully he does. The idea is that he will. So Sabonis versus Vucevic is a big-time matchup. Mm-hmm. Two centers that are averaging very uh, near identical numbers this season. Sabonis, 18 uh, point six points per game, 12.2 rebounds, 5.2 assists. Vucevic, 18 points a game, 11.4 rebounds, 3.5 assists. Uh, Vucevic and Sabonis, I think, are both in the top five in the league in double-doubles. So it, it's a very important matchup who wins that battle and down low. two players the Kings were targeting as yes. they were targeting Vucevic in free agency just a few years ago. So Monday against the Bulls, Wednesday at home against the Bucks. Then we have the Celtics, the Suns, before we head back on the road. So four home games here coming up. We'll see if the Kings can get some momentum here. It is a lot of tough games. All four of these teams are above uh, 500. They are all in the playoffs. And uh, I would say probably the top two, if not three, title contenders this season, the Kings are playing in one week of action. So that's rough. And then they head on a road trip against the Pacers and the Magic. So games do get a little bit easier. But these next four games could completely take the Kings out of it if you don't feel like the Kings are already out of it already. want to let you guys know there will be no Royal Report this week or next week as Calvin and I will be traveling. However, we will either be pregame or postgame for every single one of these games. So just keep an eye out for that. We will have it posted ahead of time, so you will get a notification if you hit the notification bell on our channel. If you have not done that, make sure you do that. If you have not subscribed to this channel and you are a Kings fan, make sure you hit that subscribe button. Thank you all so much for joining us for another Royal Rebounds podcast. Calvin, anything else you want to say? Vegas, baby. <laughs> we'll see you in Vegas. Vegas. If you guys want us to place any bets for you, just let us know. You know I'm betting on the Kings. But uh, you guys have a wonderful night. Smash up that like button. Hit the subscribe button. Thank you so much for watching. And in the meantime, go Kings.